0: The Ravens are back on the field. Organized team activities kicked off this week.
1: Man, Kyle Hamilton is natural. He looks pretty good. He does look very good. Yeah,
0: I like what I see from Rashad Bateman. His releases are really good.
1: Yeah. Really smooth. There is a lot riding on this young receiving core. That's what this offseason and this training camp I think are going to be about in a lot of ways is getting those young guys ready to go out there and get the job done.
0: Welcome into the lounge presented by DraftKings. The Ravens are back on the field for, you know, the next step of football. Not real football, but it's, it's a lot closer. Organized team activities kicked off this week. Uh, we got to watch practice along with the, uh, the Ravens reporters on Wednesday. And so we are going to give you our top takeaways and thoughts from the
1: practice session. Hot takes after one day of off-season Hot practice. Takes. I think I'm ready to set my 53-man roster. Are you? Oh, you, yeah.
0: You ready to turn it in right now? Well, we, tur- we already did the win-loss game, the dubs game. 53-man roster now. I mean, it's all about fast-forwarding way beyond where you should
1: be, <laughs> right? That's the whole media business. Yeah, absolutely. We can- <laughs> Our, Putting our, the cart before the horse. That's what we do. Yes. Yeah, snap takeaways from these uh, first day of <laughs> OTA practice. No, it was good. I mean, uh, it was good to see the guys on the field. It was good to get a sense of just kind of where the Ravens are right now. Uh, obviously, you don't you don't want to make too many judgments for a practice where your starting quarterback's not even out there. Yeah. But. Um, you know, there were some good signs. There were things that, you know, are going to have to be improved, of course, uh, over the course of the next, you know, several months. Um, but it was just good. I mean, it was like they put the jersey on. They got a helmet on. You're like, yep. all right, all right. This is starting to feel like football. Exactly. I'm on board. Exactly. All right, so you brought
0: it up. Lamar uh, Jackson not being in attendance at the beginning of OTAs. Obviously a very hot topic. Yeah, right. Uh, so thoughts? Right. I mean, I
1: think that, like, I think you want, in a perfect world, every player to be attending OTA practice. So you would start there, but I don't know what he's got going on off the field, what kind of conflicts he may have. And I thought that, you know, players summed it up pretty well. Marlon Humphrey was asked about it. Mark Andrews was asked about it. Um, and both of them made the point that, like, they know that Lamar's working away from here. Um, you know, he's going to be back here at some point. I don't, I don't know if that's next week. I don't know if that means mandatory mini camp in 2 weeks. Mm-hmm. Um what exactly that means, but they know that he's going to be here. <laughs> yeah, Marlon, kind of joked you said no if it's training camp. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah then it'd be, but it would be then it would be an issue. Um but then he's going to be back soon and and Lamar actually tweeted, you know, we put out a clip this week as well, and Lamar retweeted it and said he can't wait to get back. So it's yeah. not like it's a uh, you know if you have a quarterback going into like a contract year it's like is that a, is that a, is this a holdout? um mm-hmm. it is still voluntary now so that's something to keep in mind um and he said he can't wait to get back so like i said i think in a perfect world you want everybody there you want your quarterback there um but it you know he's going to be back soon and, and and i don't get the sense you know after hearing from the guys on podium that there's sound of the alarm or anything like that
0: yeah i think the question is why right so you know Lamar so, said he can't wait to be back well then why aren't you? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? What's stopping them? I, and we don't know. Yeah. Right? And that's why I thought John Harbaugh's answer of saying, you know what? I'll let Lamar answer that question uh, and speak for himself about why I thought was the appropriate response. Right.
1: Um, and, and you have seen, like, you know, based on the, the, the sliver of information that we have, like, from social media – there have been many times that we've seen Lamar work in this offseason. You oh, know, sure. like he's working with a private quarterbacks coach. He's been out here yeah. um, previously. He's got his receivers together and put in time with them. So it's not like the season ended and Lamar like just went off the map and hasn't been doing anything. He right. ha- he's he been working. right? Um, and, I, and I think that was the point, you know, that yeah. Mark Andrews made too.
0: Yeah. And obviously they would want him or prefer for him to be working with the team, right? Because – OTAs are a time when you start to build that chemistry and you you know you're installing the the framework of the offensive system and you want your starting quarterback to be there right he's the most important player on the field and so you want him to be there mm-hmm. um but like is the end of the world and does it mean that you know I'm gonna shave some some dubs off the the record? What do you have? Do, ha- do
1: we have we had fourteen and three or 14 was three? worst case scenario. Wor- worst conservatively. like Doomsday right. s- scenario. 14-3. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So, you know, I'm not gonna drop that to thirteen and four now. Okay. You know? Um, but like, you know, I think I'm curious to hear why Lamar's not here. He's attended all the other OTAs, mm-hmm. right? And like I don't know. You You're know, saying he, in previous years. In previous years, mm-hmm. exactly. He's always been here. And so why is this year different? I, I don't know. Yeah. You know, Obviously, the speculation is it's contract-related and all that stuff, which wouldn't make any sense because the reports are that Lamar's been the one that has not been in a hurry to sign a contract. So I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, and I'll be interested to hear what Lamar says when he gets back. I will say this. um, You know, last year going into training camp and uh, Lamar got COVID mm-hmm. at the beginning of training camp and missed – whatever, the first week or whatever, and everybody was like, oh, my gosh, what does this mean? The offense is done. We're doomed. <laughs> We're going to get off to a slow start. Blah, 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 blah. Lamar looked pretty good at the beginning of last year. Yeah. He's playing pretty good ball. Yeah. Um. So, like, while we all say, and it's true that you would want him to be here and, like, building that chemistry is always a positive, and like Mark Andrews said, you know, like, this is where it begins. And you start to kind of, I don't know, you know, be around the guys, and it feels good to be around the guys, and start to build that relationship, and, and, and the system, and all that stuff. Like it's all good, it's all positive. But I don't think if you take it away, that all of a sudden, oh, it's all negative, yeah, and yeah. like it's like you're you're
1: cooked. You it, know what I mean? It's not like the train has not left the station.
0: Oh, we're going back to that one. Huh?
1: There were a lot of train references <laughs> last the year.
0: Last year was when's the train pulling out? Yeah,
1: yeah. It yeah. is. It's still very much in the station right yes, now. Yes, it is. Um. All right. So in terms of guys who were here, you know, we can talk about who wasn't, but you know, it was good to see the players who were here. So, uh, you know, first, first and foremost, let's talk about guys coming back from injuries because because I think that is going to be one of, if not the biggest, storylines for this team going sure. into this season. So many marquee guys who missed last year, and it's encouraging to see some of them already back in action. Marlon Humphrey was back out there. Yep. Uh, Dalen Hayes rookie last year, uh, who missed time over the course of the entire, season. Missed the entire season. Yeah. He was back out there, which I thought was good for a young player, uh, like him to be back out there. Justice Hill who missed all of last season that with the torn a Achilles.
0: Big in terms of like surprising kind of
1: yeah, yeah. I mean he he went down you know he was in that kind of doomsday week there yeah uh, where everybody seemed to be getting hurt. Marcus Peters, Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins was right before that, yep. and uh, Justice Hill was right there in that mix, and uh, he was back out there running with you know full team drills, eleven on eleven. And it looked pretty good.
0: Yeah, looked, so looked fast. That was I, encouraging I, he to looked see. Very quick. Yeah, and, and it was interesting. Like it just makes me think, and in every injury is its own. You know, has its own recovery. It's its own thing, right? Um, but it, it kinda makes me think like guys come back from Achilles, is that a more um reliable time frame for their return and like surgery that you know the recovery is gonna go pretty well? Like is it just then an ACL at this point? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like you used to think of Achilles as being career enders almost. Yeah, yeah. You know, like they'll never come back from that. You know what I mean? And now you see it all the time with guys popping Achilles and coming back, and it's just, I don't know. I thought that was interesting, you know, and and honestly, it makes me think about David Ajabo.
1: I knew you were going there.
0: Yeah, and, you know, is that a reliable surgery? You know what you're going to get. You know the time frame. You know it's going to be a full recovery. He'll be back on the field at this time. You don't have
1: to be so worried, you know? Maybe, maybe. I think it's always a little bit tricky and – with, it's tough to compare injuries. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it
0: different bodies recover in different ways, and there's different human beings. Position
1: that you play, uh, age of the person who deals with it, certainly. all of that. So I think that all comes into play. But I thought it was I mean, I think that, that tells you Justice Hill's been certainly working behind the scenes to try to get back. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's going to be in a position battle this year to make the team. Yeah. Davis have added Mike Davis, um, they drafted a rookie oh, and Tyler Beatty. So, like, competition's going to be stiff there for that third. Running back spot, maybe they keep four depending on uh, the status of Edwards and Dobbins to start the season. But you know, I think he knows that, and he wanted to be back out there as soon as possible. And I think that was a good step for him. He looked really good. He did. Yeah. I, I was encouraged by that. In terms of Marlin, like that, he also looked really good. Uh, he tore his pec, um, you know, midway through the season, and so you know, it's that's it's not like a, a leg injury where you're like a knee injury like these right. other guys. Like I,
0: I I honestly thought. I mean, like, you could see him just easing his way back in and doing a lot of individual stuff. Yeah. But I could have, like, imagined that. But I thought he'll be back on the field. Like, I don't know. That, that injury, you can come back from in not that long a time.
1: Yeah. Like, he was, I mean, he was running 11 on 11. Drills. Exactly. Like he did more for, than I anticipated is what I'm saying. For sure. Especially as a veteran player. Like, right, he was exactly. out there running with the first team offense 11 on 11. Did not seem hindered at all. Yeah. Which was encouraging. Went up and challenged Bateman in the end zone on, yeah, the, on a red zone fade. Yeah. And, uh, Bateman did not come down with it. That is true. Uh, wow. and then and then the other one was Adafe Owe. Now Owe played the full season last year. Well well not yeah, at the end of the season. That's true. he had the late. He had a shoulder injury um, and then he had off season shoulder surgery. Correct. And so he was back out. His shoulder there.
0: basically was bothering him for what's talking to him yesterday, it sounded like the yep. shoulder was bothering him for most of the season, and then it reached a point late in the year where it was just too much
1: to play with and yep. he just had to shut it down and go on the shelf. Yeah. But you know, he was now he I don't he wasn't doing quite as much, you know, I thought mm-hmm. as like Marlin, for yeah. example. Uh, so he's still, you know, easing his way and also when you're playing that the you know the front seven, you're there's, there's a little bit
0: more. His shoulder surgery came later than marlin's right marlin was almost
1: instant. Right. And and he was after the season. After the season. Exactly. So but still good to be on the field. Yeah. Good to be on the field. Is there anyone else on this in that that came back? Uh no. No, there's um we mentioned Dalen Hayes. There's nobody else. I
0: mean Nick Boyle Uh, was a player last year who, you know, was never really at 100%, it it seemed. Um, Now, he was participating in OTAs on Tuesday, did not on Wednesday. Uh, Juwan James is another player that has been sitting out. He played, what, he sat out 2020 and 2019 and played three games the year before that, I believe. Right. Am I getting this right?
1: Well he missed all twenty one he missed he sat out twenty twenty and then he played like three, three games, games in nineteen exactly and then okay. and so now he's working his way back right um and I know a lot of Ravens you know we've got a lot of questions about Juan james over the past year since the Ravens added him towards Achilles in Last march Austin. of of twenty 21. Right. Um, and so – but he was not out there on on Wednesday, so did not see him. On Nick Boyle, by the way, just a, a note, I know he was not out there, uh, but I, th- I thought it was interesting. Mark Andrews talked about how in yeah. the offseason he went out, brought his whole family out to Arizona uh, with Mark, and uh, they spent time training together, and he feels like he is going to bounce back in a big way. Yeah, that so was I, interesting. So I think it's like you don't see him out there, and given like his – on again, off again, injury situation last year, mm-hmm. you're kind of like, ugh, that's not good. Right. And of course, again, you want everybody out there all the time, but hearing from Mark made me feel like, oh, okay, Nick Boyle is going to be back to Nick Boyle this year. Right. It gave me more confidence. Yeah.
0: For sure. I mean, he was just very complimentary to the tight ends in general. It feels like the rookies are really good, further ahead than he was as a rookie, he said. Um, so the tight end beast room is back. Ooh, back to 2019. Back, baby. <laughs> um, you know, another absence was Marcus Williams, um, the Ravens' free agent addition at safety. You know, I he certainly could have been out there, you know, and so a lot of times new players' free agent additions will will be there. Morgan Moses was there the first day. Mm-hmm. On Tuesday was not at, at practice on Wednesday. Um, so I don't know exactly why Marcus isn't at the vol- voluntary – Workouts, well, and Marlon said that he's coming next come. week. Yeah, he said he's coming next week, so I don't think it's a big deal. Yeah, um, and oftentimes they've veterans have kind of rotated in and out because they want to get uh, the coaches honestly want to get the young guys a lot of reps right now during these OTAs and mini camp and whatnot before you get to training camp. Like it's a good time to just see the young players, mm-hmm. and so you know, Claus Campbell not being there, you, whatever. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's that's fine. Um, so. Marcus will get up to speed next week. He's been here this offseason in and out during the conditioning program, strength and conditioning program. So he's been around and certainly been doing his homework on this system and all that stuff. So uh, no big deal there.
1: Yeah. And then in terms of guys who just aren't aren't back yet on the field from an injury standpoint, it's some of the people that you would expect. It's J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, Marcus Peters, Ronnie Ronnie Stanley. Stanley. You know, those are kind of the big four right right there. And those guys. Tyus Bowser. Tyus Bowser as well. Tyus Bowser tore his Achilles in the last game of the season, so he's, you know, of that group, you would think probably the last one uh, to, to potentially get back on the field. Obviously depends on the recovery for These all of them. Achilles.
0: I'm telling you, the magic so, Suddenly started.
1: you just think of Achilles. It's oh. like a six-week injury.
0: Oh, he's back in the start.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, pops some Advil with that Achilles you and you'll be Tyus back Ballester out there.
0: walking in for the off-season conditioning program? He looks
1: great. He's no like never an end no hands in a step right seriously he did he looks he looks smooth he was he was walking very smoothly so he's ready so he's to go ready. yeah put he's... him out on the field 70 snaps <laughs> he's ready to go you
0: know how you pop an achilles you have to have that little cart scooter like you the scooter cart yeah. yeah put him out on
1: the field scooter <laughs> cart whatever doesn't Fine. need it he looked great um <laughs> but uh yeah so so those will have to wait in terms of uh the the my takeaway from the day and watching practice, I definitely think the defense won the day, mm-hmm. um, which you would probably expect for a day where your starting quarterback is not there, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of your you know a lot of your defensive players are. Um, but I I do think that like the offense wasn't particularly sharp, and the defense had a better showing.
0: Yeah, I thought there were a number of drops uh, for the offense, particularly at wide receiver. You know, there's been a lot of discussion about wide receiver and whether the Ravens need to add a veteran. Uh, you know, Wednesday wasn't their best showing. Uh, but I'm far from sounding the alarm. Yeah, you know, and saying, "Oh my gosh, I, they had a couple drop balls." Better sign Julio Jones. Mm-hmm. I mean, now you on the other hand is a little <laughs> different. Um, but yeah, I mean, Rashad Bateman. Uh, it was like a, a day of kind of close calls, close you know near misses for Rashad. You know, yeah. he had a uh, got just blew past Brandon Stevens to get deep and had one. The throw was just a little too deep, kind of off the fingertips a little bit, couldn't haul it in. Had the red zone fade against Marlon Humphrey that I mentioned. Went up, I mean, a great route off the line. uh, Got open, elevated, hands on the ball, and just didn't... I'm not sure if it got knocked away on his way down or or what happened exactly, but just didn't come down with it. Um, Yeah, like, that's... like. Sorry. go Yeah, ahead.
1: yeah. Like you're there. It's just now yeah. a matter you got to finish that play. Right.
0: It was encouraging. Like that's probably what his encouraging coaches, and discouraging. Right, honestly. It, right. His, yeah. His coaches were probably saying like you got to finish. But like I love the route. I love the the release. You know, got open. I love the burst.
1: You know, you see it. It's just got to finish the play. Yeah. Got to make a um, catch. Right. Exactly. So and he. I mean Mixed bag. He knows that he was he was ticked off after that one against Marlon Lake exactly. in practice. He wanted that one. He wanted that one against the one on one corner. His
0: releases are. Really good. Yeah. Really smooth. Mm -hmm. I mean, he is, like, explosive off the line, has a nice repertoire of moves. I like what I see from Rashad Bateman, especially coming off the line. Just got to finish
1: So He actually, in in the interview with Marlon that he did, uh, he actually talked about kind of the release off the line and basically said if he feels like he can get off the line without being touched, he's open. Yeah. And – I think you see that, and that's part of the reason he puts so much into the, the focus on those releases. Because yeah. if he can get off the line without a corner getting hands on him, then he feels like he's going to come down with the ball. Now, you got to come down with the ball. But I think that you're seeing that work in, translate to the field.
0: Oh, I saw it last year as a rookie. Yeah. I mean, he put some moves on Marlon last year in training camp that I remember in one-on-ones being like, Oh, my.
1: Yeah, and he's – you know, he – um the, the thing is, like, and this is what we've talked about previously, like, the Ravens, this receiving core, like, it, it, like you said, it wasn't a pretty, particularly strong day. Tom Wallace had a couple drops. Um, Shay, I, I was doing push-ups after <laughs> one. And so, like, there's a lot on these guys. Yeah. And They know it. They, they hear it. it.
0: They hear it. They see it. Yeah.
1: They're, they know the situation. They are very well aware of it. And so, like, they they are – these next three weeks – I think are going to be really significant as the Ravens make a determination like, do they need to go out there and sign a veteran? I agree. Do they need to make a trade? Like if they if, if the front office and the coaching staff feels good about what they are seeing from these guys, then they may say like, all right, let's roll. And Harbaugh, you know, you asked him about the receivers, and I mm-hmm. thought he gave a pretty good answer on that yesterday. He did, yeah.
0: He said he was excited about it. He said, you know, we all like to kind of cling to these name players, right, and these known veterans, right, and you, you kind of feel like, ah let me go get a Jarvis Landry or let me go get a whatever because you just you know that name. You know they've had success in the league. But eventually, you kind of got to let them spread their wings and fly, like I've talked about before. And especially when all you've seen to this point is success when they've been given the opportunity, right? I mean, it's like we've, we've knocked the Ravens for so many years for not developing young wide receivers. Well, you got to give them a chance to develop. Like if you keep signing that veteran that just blocks them, and you, you see flashes in practice, but then, uh, yeah, maybe you'll get, you know, five to ten snaps on a game day. You, the guy just can't develop, you mm-hmm. know? And when they're working with the second-team quarterback throughout practice, throughout training camp, like, you got to let these guys, like I said, take off and fly. Yeah. And so I think the Ravens are in a position, certainly, I think, during OTAs and minicamp, like you're saying, to give them those reps. And that's another reason, I think, that why they went Lamar here, right? Like, if you have your starting quarterback – Well, now you can get a better gauge of these wide receivers and stuff too as opposed to having a two and a number three quarterback throwing to them. Right. Right, And so, like, uh, I think I agree with you. How they practice is going to be a component of whether they feel like ultimately they need to add a wide receiver that shakes loose or or whatever Mm -hmm. down the line. Totally. Um, But I'm not worried about it. You are. so
1: No, I I like (laughs) these guys. I I just, like – Yesterday wasn't their best day, um, and so like so you're fl- you're just one of those guys. You're just skies falling. No, I'm not at all. I'm not making any sort of snap judgments from one OTA practice. <laughs> like I still think that like. I stand by everything that I've, I've said. I, I just think that, like, there is a lot riding on this young receiving core, um, and now it's on them to go out there and prove it. And that's what this, this offseason and this training camp, I think, are going to be about in a lot of ways is getting those young guys ready to go out there and get the job done.
0: Well, it's also interesting to see, you know, you kind of know right now who the top four wide receivers are, right? You have Bateman, DuVernay, Prochet, and Tyler Wallace. Well, who's the fifth? Who's the sixth, mm-hmm. right? Like, those are competitions that are going on right now and uh, among the undrafted rookies for the most part. The Ravens brought in a huge undrafted rookie class. And I'll tell you, one guy stood out to me a little bit was Slade Bolden. Okay. Slade Bolden out of Alabama, slot receiver, 5'11", 189. So, like, not what you – you know, the Ravens brought in a bunch of big wide receivers in the undrafted class because that's kind of what they're missing, especially after the release of Miles Boykin. You could use a big body guy to kind of complement the other pieces, right? And and a blocker and and
1: whatnot. When you drive a vehicle so reliable, it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty. You stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and five-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.
0: So they have a type that they they want, but but they brought in Slade Bolden for a reason, Mm -hmm. and the dude is shifty. He is quick and shifty on the line. (laughs) He's got some moves. I'm just saying, somebody I'm going to be watching. I'm not going to get ahead of myself, because I would
1: never do that. Um, Did you spend the first like three minutes of the podcast talking about how you always get ahead of yourself? That's the
0: joke. (laughs) (laughs) So, I'm just saying, I'm a little intrigued by my guy Slade Bolden. Uh, And and another player that I thought was interesting that was brought up, you know, if you haven't watched it yet, make sure you watch our our big wired feature uh, inside Ravens rookie minicamp. And somebody that the coaches discussed, you know, there's some awesome footage that we've never really seen before inside coaches meetings. Yeah. And it was inside the offensive coaches' meetings and Greg Roman's meetings. And one player that they brought up, and I think it was T Martin, talked about was Shamar Bridges, the six foot four, two hundred and seven two hundred and seven pound undrafted rookie wide receiver from Fort Valley State, uh said that he was kind of ahead a little bit in, in ahead of those other guys necessarily or or maybe just ahead of the curve and learning it from a typical rookie. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But that he's impressing him so far. So now I now I got my eyes on him too, Shamar Bridges.
1: Uh-huh. Well, I think you bring up a good point, which is like that competition for the fifth. I mean, oftentimes you have six receivers on the roster. Exactly, that's two spots. And now so, maybe there's less this year because we have so many tight ends. Right, and if you, you end up having to keep another running back, right. potentially, You're, exactly,
0: there might be an extra spot at running back. There could be. There's going to be four tight ends. Yeah, plus, uh, Ricard. Right, right. He's a fullback slash tight end. Uh, and correct i think you might keep four running backs this this year
1: to start the year to start the year
0: and, at least and and you surprising. also have
1: you know a bunch of guys here we are doing our 53 Re- really oh, line to, to me deal.
0: i mean Beatty, you know you're I, it would be surprising to see him not make the team as a 6 round pick it's happened yeah um, but it would be surprising. So to me, it almost comes down to a Justice Hill versus Mike Davis, right? Both guys who have shown their receiving capabilities in years past, kind of both in that mold.
1: Tyler Beatty, by the way, I thought had one of the nicest plays of the day out of a the one-hander. backfield. It was nice. One-handed snag out of the backfield, kind of had to turn his body, make a tough catch, and then turn and get upfield. I, I liked that from him. Like That was a play that caught my eye as one of the best of the day. I agree,
0: Definitely. Uh, The play of the day, though, you have to give it to PQ. Yes, the interception. The one-handed diving to the ground interception off the the ball off Tyler Wallace's hands. Yeah. It's a nice play. Give it to PQ. Hats off, my friend. Very nice play of the day.
1: All right, we'll take a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll give you our final thoughts on the first week of OTAs.
0: Well, the sports landscape is ever-changing, and this week is no different. DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, still has daily fantasy contests running for those looking to have skin in the game. It's simple. Each player has a salary associated with drafting them. Assemble a lineup of players while staying under the salary cap and then sit back ah, and watch your boys <laughs> pile up. <laughs> I'm throwing in some curveballs. I, I like this. You're <laughs> spicing it up. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app now and sign up using code FLOCK. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code FLOCK, only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details.
1: Nicely done. Nicely done. I like the improv improv that you added there. Improvisation? Improvisation, yeah. Is that right? Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I like that. It was well done. so yeah, you mentioned PQ. He he had a nice play. I think you know we talked about this a little bit earlier uh, in the previous podcast. That something that you're always kind of looking at in um, in training camp or these or of these OTA practices is like who's lining up where and who's getting reps with what team. And mm-hmm. I thought I thought that was like something that I was keeping an eye on. Vince Beagle, who the Ravens uh, recently added as a veteran yep. hybrid inside outside linebacker, getting a lot of run with the first team.
0: Yep, and an outside linebacker primarily. Yeah. Um. Which, I mean, they need more depth at outside linebacker. There's no bones about it. Jalen Ferguson was not on the field mm-hmm. uh, Wednesday. So, you know, maybe that was also part of the reason why he was lining up more at outside linebacker. But, I mean, they need outside linebacker help. I yeah. mean, they, they drafted one, but he's not going to be ready at the start of the season in a yeah. Uh I mean, as of now, Tyus Bowser, we already talked about. Yeah. Whether he'll be ready at the start of the season, we don't know. Um, so... You need bodies. I mean Dalen Hayes
1: was out there. And I thought he looked games. pretty good.
0: You know me, I'm a fan.
1: You've been you've I will you have been on the Dalen Hayes bandwagon a for fan. a long time. So I, I'll give you credit there. I am a fan.
0: Um but I, I think that Beagle might be primarily utilized as an out side linebacker, especially until these guys are back on the field. Um, you know, Justin Houston remains, whether they bring him back or not is right. to be determined. Yep. I think it makes a whole lot of sense in my opinion. Um, but that probably wouldn't be till training camp. Mm-hmm. Maybe mandatory mini mm-hmm. camp, but mm-hmm. we'll see. Um, so yeah, I, I I like Beagle too. Like this is a guy who's just had injuries. He's just kind of been snake bitten a little bit. But if he can stay healthy, I think we're talking we're talking about a, a player with some potential. Yeah. So um, a solid addition. So yeah, I, I liked him. Uh, I thought another thing that we haven't talked about yet is chuck clark mm-hmm. chuck clark being at otas is the most chuck clark thing of all time <laughs> yeah i mean just a pro's pro you gotta hand it to chuck clark i love seeing it and like coaching guys still like it wasn't like you showed up and he's kind of like yeah, all right i'm here mm-hmm. you know i've heard all the noise but i'm showing up like now it was the same chuck clark yeah like coaching up his teammates communicating like leading like you just like to see it
1: yeah, absolutely. I mean, and him and Tony Jefferson were getting, you know, most of the run uh mm-hmm. with the first-team defense. Tony
0: had some plays, too.
1: Yeah, Tony was active. Like, uh, you know, when the Ravens added him last year, then he gets kind of, like, thrown into the lineup because of all the injuries, yeah. and it was like, you know, it was this kind of a swan song? You don't know. Yeah. And now it's like, I think he can still play. Like He I, broke
0: one up intended for Mark Andrews. Yeah. It was like, kind of down Tony the seam, still play, and Tony I think. Played a, made a play. Now,
1: there's a lot of safety. There's a lot of competition there, but...
0: Oh, I think Tony's going to be on this team.
1: But I think so, too. For sure. Yeah, I
0: mean, I think he fills the Anthony Levine uh, void. Plus, I think he offers a little bit more outside of special teams Yeah, as a reserve safety. (laughs) One of my favorite moments from practice was when I was standing out there and Tony, Hey! Hey! Mink! I look up and he points to his jersey, holds up his jersey, because I tweeted that he's wearing 23, which is the same number that Kyle Fuller wore throughout his NFL career mm. So, fuller so I was like mmm, who's gonna take 23 Tony, <laughs> t- Tony responded was like
1: hell no I'm not giving up 23. what number did he wear last year because he came back you know and he wasn't wearing 23 because ENthi- he' wearing
0: some other number and then I think he switched to 23
1: yeah averett had 23 last year
0: that's correct exactly he, but now he t- got whatever back- number
1: Tony had it was a bad one it, it
0: wasn't a good number. it was
1: not a, it was a bad one <laughs> and so he got back in 23. And he's not giving it he up. He is
0: not giving it up.
1: Kyle Fuller – And props uh, to
0: him. He, he should not give it up. Yeah. I wholeheartedly I, agree. I,
1: and I love players calling you out. That's my favorite thing. <laughs> it so was pretty funny. I like that. Um, <laughs> Kyle Fuller is um, – he was not out there in case fans are wondering. Yeah. Um, I don't know that he's – we've announced that he's agreed to terms. But I don't know if he's officially in the building and signed right. his contract. I don't know where that stands. But um, so um, I also will say this on the secondary. Man, Kyle Hamilton is – right. Natural.
0: How are we just now getting into this? Yeah, that I mean, was he like is, the biggest takeaway from practice he, was is, he looks na- pretty good. He
1: does look very good. Yeah. He, he was in the backfield at times. There was a play where he was I mean, probably would have had a sack. Um He never he's never had a sack in his football career. This may be the year. Oh, I, he's
0: getting one this year. I, I, guess I, guess one I, saw? I, I will I will lay down some chicken bucks <laughs> that he yeah, Kyle Hamilton is getting a sack this year. But he, he, you personally, I would never yeah. gamble, I would never.
1: But yeah, he he uh, he kind of went up against, uh, Tyler Beatty one on one, in the backfield on a yep. blitz, um, and there was another play over the middle, where he came down, and there's no contact in these practices, so right. he didn't make contact, but I think if, there was contact, he would have lit somebody up over the middle of the oh, field. Oh, my
0: guy Slade Bowden, he would decapitate. <laughs> Slade would have been not on the team anymore. His head would have been rolling. And speaking of to
1: Tony Jefferson, Tony Jefferson went nuts on that oh, play. Yeah. He was running around, hooting and hollering, excited <laughs> yeah. about that play because Hamilton would have destroyed him over the middle of the field. <laughs> it would have been ugly. Yes. Um,
0: I mean, he comes downhill in a flash, and yeah. really that speaks – Not just to his athleticism, but his instincts that Joe Ortiz has talked about. Like, just reading things quickly, breaking on it uh, with assurances, you know, like, knowing what he's doing and not hesitating. That's a really good sign to see from a rookie. Totally. Usually, especially at safety, like, there's a lot of thinking going on. And you don't want to make mistakes and all that, but it's good to see him. Now, you know, the stuff going on behind him probably takes a little bit, you know, reading those routes, those deeper routes, and passing things off, and all that will take more time and experience. But seeing something underneath and closing on it in a jiffy is great.
1: Yeah. The last takeaway that I have, and this is something I liked, is uh, some of the vets were given Jordan Stout. A hard time, yes. They and which I like in these practices, and I I remember when Justin Tucker was a rookie and when Terrell Suggs would be standing right behind him and giving him, you know, kind of intimidating him, be like, "All right, this is a big kick. Let's see what you got." Right. Just like right. putting the heat on, if he, putting the right, pressure if on. This
0: kick, you're not making the team, rookie.
1: Yeah, and <laughs> uh, and I think it was Tony Jefferson among some other guys who were yelling at Jordan Stout as a holder yep. and saying, "Hey, we got a new holder back there. Don't yeah. screw it up. Don't right. screw
0: it up, Rook. Well, well, Justin Tucker made his first attempt. I think it was from 38. And said, still got it, boys. <laughs> and, then, and then he missed the next one. And so, of course, everybody started blaming the hold, yeah. obviously. <laughs> it couldn't be Tucker's fault. So everybody, we need to get a new holder back there. Get a new holder. You know, Sam Cook's standing right there. Right, know? right. <laughs> Coach Sam Cook. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I like it, too. They're going to they're gonna
1: put some heat on him. Yeah, know? and he did and he did well. I mean, he did. And,
0: there was no evidence that the hold was the problem. I don't, I don't know why he missed it. But yeah, from he, 30 yards away, I couldn't tell.
1: Yeah, exactly. But he... Uh, they're going to put heat on him, and I think he's going to like that. Honestly, like that pressure, I think serves a young player as a holder or a kicker or a punter really well. Once you get into actual games, like yep. if you got veteran players kind of breathing down your neck and let you know that you can't screw it up, it makes it easier once you get to the real action.
0: Yep. My last point was uh, I thought this was interesting from Marlon Humphrey talking about Mike McDonald and the changes that he has mm. brought to this defense, and talking about how Mike has made him and everyone a smarter football player, which isn't surprising considering Mike McDonald's a pretty smart guy himself. Um, but just the way he, he you know, and, and oftentimes you hear players say, well, you know, I like that the coach explains the why, not just the what, of what the call is, right? And that's not uncommon to hear. But this was further than that. This was more than that. In, in him explaining like, okay, this cluster of calls, this is why I would call this play in this situation. These groupings of callings are to defend against this kind of offense, right? And it's almost like I, I, it, it crossed my mind during this. is like Mike McDonald's making a bunch of future coaches. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like the, It's just explaining the game and his thought process and the way this defense is structured and schematically uh, engineered in a different way than a lot of coaches ha- do and have previously.
1: Yeah. I also thought, you know, you mentioned the episode of Wired earlier mm-hmm. here. Mike was miked up uh for rookie Mm minicamp and like you can just see how vocal he is how active he is kind of the thought process that he has in the few clips uh of him in that episode that i thought again if fans haven't watched it yet check that out because i just think he's gonna be great i really do think mike is gonna be a great defensive coordinator i like the move from the start and i think that like he's not a shrinking violet like he's so young yeah right right
0: younger than He's probably younger than some of the players. Is he younger yeah. than Clayus? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, he's younger than Clayus, yeah. Um but like he's gonna be vocal and he'll get on your butt. Yeah. You know, he he's not gonna just be like Mr. Cool. I wanna be cool with everybody
1: and yeah. chill. He he, like, he got he'll,
0: he'll light you up.
1: <laughs> yeah, he got on Kyle Hamilton early in practice. Um yep. you know, for a mistake that he made for whatever it was. Yep. So he is he is absolutely gonna get on guys and be very vocal and I think you got a glimpse of that in this episode of Wired.
0: Yeah. So uh, good first week, good practice session that we watch of organized team activities. There's two more weeks of OTAs coming, and then it'll be mandatory minicamp right after that. So we're in football mode. Yep. Uh, so make sure you keep it locked here because there's a lot of content coming out and will continue to come out. Uh, we appreciate you for listening. As always, you can reach us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net, and we'll be back with you probably next week. Do another takeaway. Maybe we'll have a guest. We'll work on something. Don't you worry. Don't you worry, folks. Don't worry. Don't worry. (laughs) Anyway, we'll be back next week.
1: When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner.